Welcome back to Pep Talk and Pickleball. It is season two of my podcast. This is Jill Lewis, your host, and I am so excited that you are back joining me with more episodes about healthy living, being your best self in your midlife, and of course, all things pickleball. In this episode, I am going to be sharing with you an interview that I did with my daughter. I have a daughter that just finished her her sophomore year in college, and I thought it would be interesting to talk to her about what it was like having a mom, you know, when she was in junior high and high school. In the fitness industry, I worked at a gym part-time pretty much most of her life, and you know what that was like then when I became a nutrition coach with a faster way to fat loss, and how did that impact her? Because... I was thinking about the term that I have heard so many times called the almond mom. Are you familiar with the almond mom? You know, the almond mom is something that actually came up on the housewives. Um, Do you watch the housewives? I have to say, I am kind of obsessed. I don't know why it's ridiculous, but (laughs) the the, uh, real housewives, I think it was uh, the real housewives of Beverly Hills. There was, um, one of the models now, Gigi Hadid's mother, Yolanda. So if you've watched Beverly Hills Housewives, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Okay. She was the first, the original almond mom. And this is how the, how it got the phrase came about. Basically her daughter, who was a model was calling her mom and this was all filmed and, um, on the show saying, I'm so hungry. I'm about to pass out. I feel terrible. And Her mother was like, you know, just chew an almond for a few minutes, like just for the nutrients and basically telling her, you know, these are the sacrifices that she needs to make. So from that conversation on on reality TV came the term almond mom. And basically an almond mom is a mom that is a little probably too far into diet culture maybe a little bit too obsessed with healthy healthy eating, very aware of her uh, thinking about her body image, and that would include her daughter's body as well. So could be an obsession with fitness, but it does tend to veer on the side of, you know, the extreme side of all of that. So for me personally, when I hear that, I think, okay, well, I'm definitely into fitness. I'm definitely into healthy eating. I, it's my job. I definitely want to look and feel my best personally. I want to feel good in my clothes. And I, yeah, I want my daughter to be healthy and to feel good and confident in her own skin as well. So I'm like, am I an almond mom? (laughs) So I just thought it would be fun to talk with Ava and get her perspective on things. And so I'm going to share the interview with you now. And then after the interview, I'm going to follow up uh, with some more thoughts. So here you go. Here's my daughter, Ava. Well, I'm so excited that I am here today with my little Ava Lou. This is my daughter. She is a 20 year old college student. And I'm going to be talking with her today all about how it was growing up with a mom that's in the fitness industry, a nutrition coach. And then we're going to talk a little bit about what it's like trying to stay healthy, but live a well-balanced life in college. So welcome, Ava. Hi. Okay. You grew up with a mom that was a gym mom. I was a fitness instructor pretty much most of your life. So what was that like? Be honest. How did that affect your attitude about fitness, about the fitness industry or the gym? Well, if anything, it made me just like more comfortable walking into a gym and just knowing what I was doing. I mean, since a young age, he had me set up with like a personal trainer when I was like 13, 14. And like that like lasted for like two months or like a summer, just so I could get more comfortable in a gym. Because I have a lot of friends, I would say, that are very taken back by the fact that I will work out on like a main floor of a gym that has all of the guys that are, you know, lifting on the squat racks and lifting all the heavy weights and making like all the grunting sounds. And I guess that could be pretty intimidating for girls just to, you know, walking with your little women on and you're just like, don't really have, you kind of know what you're doing, but not really. So, but for me, I've just been more comfortable and it's just helped me a lot in the long run. 
going to the gym in general. You know, I forgot about that. We did set you up with a trainer for a few months. And I think that was, that was great because he exposed you, Jason, shout out to Jason. He was awesome. And he, um, was fun and he showed you a lot of different modalities. Remember he had you even doing a little bit of boxing. Yeah. And that was, that was a lot of fun, but then also just like took me out of like my comfort zone. So that was really great. It came down to like good form too. If anything, when I go, um, sometimes I take pure bar classes and when they like try to like correct me on my form, I'm like, I'm doing something wrong. Hello. My mom's <laughs> a fitness coach. Like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So tell me this, when I became a nutrition coach as well, when I started with the faster way and I started to change the way that we ate in our house, how did that feel? Um, I think it was around, that was like around the time I was a freshman, eighth grader, something around that time period. Around then, it actually helped me out so much because I think that's when I had major stomach problems. And I eventually, you eventually took me to um, the functional medicine doctor, right? Mm-hmm. and she um said that I was to be like gluten and dairy free and after that that helped me out so much just I no longer had stomach issues my energy increased a lot I mean I would always just nap everywhere I was and now I never take naps ever and mm-hmm. so it was just like good timing whenever you did that because then it made us more aware of other possibilities of our health such as being gluten and dairy free that obviously people in Southern Illinois don't really think about. Like it's my friends growing up were always like, what even is gluten? And I was like, honest to God, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It just, it was just good timing of it all because I really was, had such low energy at that time and just could not go to the bathroom at all. (laughs) Right. But that's the thing. I think the nutrition part, it helped a lot of us. Yeah. Um, just a lot of things about our own wellness and it kind of made, it really did force our family to, we just got a lot healthier. Yeah. I so agree. do you, do you remember though, you know, there's a lot of conversation about the almond moms out there and beyond. I want this to be an honest conversation. Um, yeah. Two of us. So, I mean, I feel like I was, if you think about what is an almond mom, I mean, I probably, I guess I am an almond mom, but <laughs> what? No, you're not. <laughs> I think like, there's such a difference between you can be a quote unquote almond mom, but in a positive light. I think that's really important. I think it comes across with being an almond mom that most of the time these people are just like, what did you have to eat today? Oh, you ate too much like, to their to their daughters. And I think that is so uncalled for, but you have never been like that ever. You focus more on what I was actually eating rather than the amount of food I was eating. Like if I got enough, did you get enough uh, vegetables in? Did you get enough protein in? Did you drink enough water? But that all actually helps. That's what we're supposed to do as humans. And it's just guiding me in the right direction, I thought, like during high school. The only times like it was, you know, I was like, oh, why is my mom? Like I have to be so like healthy and everything. It's like when I go to friends' houses and they had just like candy and stuff. And like, obviously, I mean, I'm 13, 14, I'm. I just want to eat junk food, but in the long run, it's for the own, like better of myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't, I'm not even supposed to have some of this stuff anyways. Right. Yeah. And you still, I mean, ate fast food, still had. Yeah. Breath. Like I still enjoyed, but I definitely became just more aware that it shouldn't be fast food and um, candy or like really bad snacks should not be part of your daily diet. Right. It's it was once in a, it, it was, it's a treat. It was a once in um like a week thing right like whenever I just went up to a friend's house to stay the night yeah yeah that's always good to view make sure that we're viewing food and I talk to my clients about that too that mm-hmm. somehow I don't know treats became just something that we do on the regular and mm-hmm. the point of a treat is that it's something that is you know on the rare side so yeah okay well it is funny because I remember when you were in high school and you would tell me that your friend's thought that I was like forcing you to eat gluten and dairy fruit. No. It's like, um, guys, I haven't gone to the bathroom in a week. I need this. <laughs> I'm trying to better myself. That's right. I don't know what it's like. <laughs> exactly. So that's exciting though, that just by me and my job and yeah. into the nutrition space, I think it, it's just it, also where we were that it was mm-hmm. just so foreign to a lot of people. Oh, for sure. Being gluten dairy for your even some eating habits. 
Right. Any type of like autoimmune um, yeah. issues or people just not really understanding that food is medicine. And so either what you're eating is going to, it can either help you or it can hurt you. And so as a family realizing, well, these foods were hurting some of us. And so mm -hmm. we needed to change that up. What did it feel like though, you know, at night, I know how your dad feels about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got rid of cereal and all that stuff. But you know, at nighttime, instead of making cookies or having packaged cookies, we will yeah. do, we have like protein ice cream or we have the protein, <laughs> the protein cake stuff. Well, for me though, I've just never been a picky eater. I've never, I would eat literally anything. For me, um, I mean, I don't really restrict myself to the point that I constantly think about it. So every night, like I'll just take a couple, like a small handful of chocolate chips. And I think that's fine. Like dark chocolate. That has always been fine to me in high school. I definitely think I craved desserts more than I do now. So it's hard to look back at it because now I don't even think about making, I've never had the thought to make cookies. Like, I don't think that way. <laughs> That's interesting. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about what your life is like now. So you are, you just finished your sophomore year in college. You freshman year, you lived in a dorm very traditional old school dorm sophomore year you were in the sorority hall and now you're in an apartment so yeah. tell me about your experiences of trying to eat healthy knowing that you were trying to maintain I would say you're 90 percent gluten well I would say you're probably 95 percent gluten free probably what do you think 90 mm -hmm. percent dairy free probably 80 percent dairy free 80 percent dairy free yeah yeah so tell me what it's been like trying to eat healthy ish <laughs> while you're yeah. in college it can, I'm not going to lie, especially if you're on the dining hall plan, it can be pretty challenging to navigate just how to eat healthy in a dining hall. Obviously, you go to a certain section in the actual dining hall, and it's what Auburn calls it, it's true balance. And it's gluten, dairy-free, uh, nut-free, all of these things, peanut allergy for all that. And And sometimes they have good stuff, but then again, it's still cooked in so much oil and butter. And I just feel it inside. It just so grosses me out. And mm -hmm. then sometimes what they have to put out, I'm like, I don't want that. And then, you know, just watching them, like just plot it down on your plate. <laughs> this is not what, <laughs> not what I want right now. And right. they'll have, um, you know, chicken and rice. And then they'll have like salsa out, but the salsa tastes kind of chemically. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, obviously I've grown up with a mom that is an excellent cook. So it was just a challenge. There are like other places that were on Auburn's campus that I could use dying dollars for that were just right. always better. But still, I mean, it's a challenge. I'm not going to lie. When you're living in a dorm, you don't really necessarily have a kitchen. You have access to certain kitchens if you like walk downstairs and you're dying. I mean, in your dorm. But I would say it's a challenge and it's just something that you're just going to have to get over and just probably incorporate more fitness into your plan which is kind of what happened to me because I just walked everywhere I didn't have a car and I just walked to the gym a lot obviously I feel a lot better right now living in an apartment just with my overall health but it's also just just the parts of being a freshman in college you just have to right and everybody's it. and they're all going through right alongside you. exactly your friends are so that's a good point though that you were aware of the fact that even though you may not have been eating as clean as you were hoping to or wanting to, mm -hmm. not even that it was clean, just good food sources, that yeah. you were really active. The, the point about not having a car your freshman year, you walked literally everywhere and mm -hmm. got so many steps in and you, because you were comfortable with the gym situation, you were able to go to your, um, what do you call that? The rec center, that rec center. Yeah monsters by the way so Ava's at an SEC school and their rec centers are pretty legendary and they are. I was proud of you for going so tell me about the pressures that maybe to just stay fit while you're mm -hmm. living in a dorm in a sorority and I don't know if you felt this or maybe maybe you did maybe your friends have or whatever but I know the comparison game just living with that many girls and going to an yeah. SEC school probably has to be fairly intense yeah at any SEC school, you're going to see a lot of pretty girls, a lot of them. And it can, there's a lot of room to compare yourself. 
you've given me the right mental, you know, mentality to never let myself get to like a point where it's unhealthy of comparing. You've always made me feel so like beautiful in my own skin and everything. And so, but I definitely would say all of my friends, I'm not going to lie, very skinny, very fit. And sometimes I'll see an outfit that they're wearing and I put on me and I hate it. And I'm just like, what? I thought, why do I not look like that? <laughs> I try to step back and not let myself get to that point. It's so hard. But at the end of the day, I come to realize that some girls carry just weight differently than I do. I feel like I carry weight in my stomach. Other people carry in their legs or their arms. I am all, my arms and legs, they, there's no, there's nothing on them besides bone, <laughs> bone and skin. And, but I feel like in my stomach, that's where I carry some things. But then I've come to realize that that's okay. Cause I mean, there are other girls that are like that too, you know? they carry in their way but sometimes they're more wider more skinnier and then yet I'm I'm less wide but I feel like I have more of a pooch it's just weird like how our bodies just fluctuate all of that so differently but I think it's the beautiful part of it all also I'm not gonna lie being at Auburn there's a strong um hold of religion (laughs) and ever since I think it has strengthened my religion and so by being like more with God and everything, I'm like, well, God gave me this body, so I'm fine. <laughs> I am, I'm taking care of myself. I'm doing it for him. And so it's definitely, I like Arvin a lot in that aspect that I always feel very watched over and just very good about myself because there's just a strong presence of all of that. Well, I mean, shout out to Auburn that they do have <laughs> the happiest students you guys are always voted like the happiest student body. Yeah. College, so that's good. So I think it's a great point to, to bring up though, that all body types are different. Even my clients that are into their, you know, 50s, 60s, 70s, mm-hmm. still the comparison game is always there, but I definitely think more so when you're young, but just recognizing, think you're way ahead of the game, Ava, just knowing that every body is different and mm-hmm. genetics. What are they always that expression? Genetics might load the gun, but we all pull the trigger. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, you can't really change your body structure and that Mm -hmm. you and I are short-waisted people. We have Mm -hmm. more longer legs and shorter waist, and there's nothing we can do about that part of it, but we can take care of our overall fitness and do the best we can with exactly what you said, what God gave you. I love that. Have you noticed any, let's talk a little bit about with social media. Do you think there's any specific thing with social media that is, that I guess harms your mental state or just makes you feel less than? I find it very difficult when um, people that are pretty wealthy or even just um, have a strong social media presence, they put on what they eat in a day. And unless it's for recipes that I get, but I don't really love it when these really skinny girls put on like, here's what I ate. And it's barbecue, cheeseburger. That I think sends people into um, a state of like, really, they're just confused. They'll be like, I had that meal and I felt like poop after. Like, I felt <laughs> so bad about myself after I had that. I think a lot of people forget that there are just so many things out there, just treatments or even medicines or pills whatever that people can take that just kind of you know I don't know I don't know how the science of it all works but somehow they have abs and somehow they're so skinny it's frustrating and yet some people are just naturally built like that but I don't think that that many people that every influencer is built like that or is being really honest about what how they're actually maintaining that that physique I mean I don't think any of us are for any girl my age is literally so honest on social media, even when it comes down to captions. The best day of my life. Girls in my story will comment, will say that about a post that they have. I'm like, was it really the best day of your life? <laughs> like, no, it wasn't. Right. They just, people, especially my um, generation, they just want everybody to think that they're doing something so cool, which is awesome. Like, share your pictures and everything. But I don't really post that much on social media just because... I mean, I don't really care too, but I know a lot of people, the girls my age, they are all about getting the picture for the gram because they wanted to show everybody that they have a good life and everything, which is fine. And I'm not hating on that at all, but there's definitely a lot of room to compare for other girls to be like, oh, they're in Europe right now and they're on their own private boat. There's just so much that we don't know that could have gone like on behind that or how they managed to get that. 
Yeah. Well, you've talked to me before about the Alex Earl uh, Mm -hmm. kind of influencer who you actually really like. You like following her. I really like her because she's honest about... She shows her struggles. Yeah. And she'll be like, yes, I get cosmetic surgery done. And she'll tell you like what it is, what she's doing and everything. But yeah, she still is a blonde girl, skinny, with big boobs. (laughs) And she's living a great life. But I mean, she does come from a very wealthy background. So I just don't want the big boobs thing to have like a new trend. (laughs) Right. People should be very comfortable with themselves. I mean, if it makes if it makes you happy, then do it. But I don't want it to become like just because that person did it doesn't mean that you have to do it. Right. So I think what you're trying to say is that you are concerned that there's yourself or other girls that you know see people on social media, the influencers, that it looks like they can eat whatever they want, that mm-hmm. they can go out and they can party, they can drink whatever they want, and that their life is so perfect. Mm-hmm. And that that's just not the whole picture of their life. And then we compare ourselves to that and feel like there's something wrong with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's good. And I just just think it's really cool to just say that and just to remind people that, oh, yeah, that's just a little snapshot of their life. That's not everything. Mm -hmm. It's something good to remember. Tell me about any kind of trends, whatever, any kind of trend or pressure related to body image or appearance that's in the college environment. And and how do you think that impacts girls? I would just say compared to what where you were in college I remember we were at anthropology and you're like oh Ava like this sweater would be so cute you know like to wear out to the bars and I was like we do not wear that (laughs) we are not wearing sweaters (laughs) and I would just say that over time I definitely think that fashion has gotten where it's just less clothing that you're wearing which is honest to god I'm part of this boat (laughs) I'm not gonna but I mean obviously I'm not putting it all out there or anything but I think it's fun to wear a mini skirt and like a tight shirt top yeah yeah but I mean I could see how it could be really hard for somebody that's not 100% comfortable in their body but they go to a school where that is the norm to wear those outfits out to a bar you don't if you're not comfortable putting that on your body I could see then if you wear something else to the bars like you're just you're not really tight sticking out because obviously it's dark it's a bar whatever but yeah it's still you're still sticking out and you feel it inside you that you are Right, for sure. What advice, Ava, do you have for moms that have girls that are maybe junior high, high school to help them build confidence, you know, in their daughters, self-esteem mm-hmm. and with body image? Encourage them the most you could possibly, the most you can, because I just remember you always just complimenting me and making me feel like so pretty, even when I probably felt I was rocking the side part. I was not wearing like the cutest my cutest outfits I've ever worn. (laughs) I mean, whenever you're in high school, you're going to have a lot of cringy moments, but I would never want a mom to be like, what are you doing? That's don't do that. Or just let your daughters be cringy or just let, because they will eventually learn how to, you know, get comfortable and gain this confidence. So all you can do is just keep telling them how beautiful they are. And that will just create a relationship that will be so grateful to you, like in the future especially in college, I mean, they'll call you (laughs) if they remember that back in high school that that you were trying to, you know, not pick them apart, but just you were trying to guide in the right direction. But at the end of the day, they can only do that for themselves. You know, they have to do that all themselves. You are as a mom that you're on their side, no matter what. Yeah. They may not be making the fashion choices or the yeah exactly what you think they should be but still just try to be encouraging and complimentary Mm -hmm. of of their own unique style at that point yeah and food wise do you have I mean you said that about the going to the gym which I love I think that is a great piece of advice for parents is to get your kids comfortable with being in a gym type of environment Mm -hmm. and keeping them active but food wise what would you say about uh, moms and how they handle you know, uh, their daughter and, and the kind of food that they're eating. I would just, whatever you feed them, keep the meals, you know, healthy and everything. Because I think by me eating healthy when I was at home and then going over to a friend's house, it stuck with me that I would have the healthy eating habits stick with me. And whenever I go, eventually started going to fast food places, I would look at the, 
not the healthiest thing, but I would be thinking about it, you know, to cut out. Maybe I won't get the milkshake. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, it just sticks with you. And so if you just keep incorporating it into their diets, they will eventually start craving healthy, healthier foods. Yeah, just how make it work. where it's just a natural lifestyle, not too much. Because I don't think we really talked about food as like, that's bad, that's good. It was mm-hmm. just more of this is the food that's available. This is the this food that we have. And it was just a part of our life. So, mm-hmm. well, Ava, thank you so much. This was, I think, of course. really, really nice to hear. And also nice to hear. I don't think I totally screwed up, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have not at all. I'm proud of you. I love you. Great mom. Thanks. I love you, mom. Okay. Love you, honey. Bye-bye. Okay, well, I am back, and wasn't that interesting? First of all, I just can't thank my daughter enough for doing that interview with me. It was early in the morning for a 20-year-old, and she was a great sport about it. And, of course, I feel pretty good because hopefully she wasn't just blowing, you know, smoke up my rear. She actually uh, acted like I did a pretty good job with all the discussions around food and fitness, and I did love that she brought up the fact that she now feels really comfortable in a gym environment. You know, that's something that I guess was important to me because I didn't want my kids to feel intimidated at the gym, but more than that, I wanted them to learn good form. And let me tell you, when you have teen, I did it with my boys too. When you have teenage boys and girls, I don't always want to hear from their mom on the proper form of a squat or a chest press or whatever the case may be, especially the boys. So, and I don't blame them. I mean, you know, nobody wants their mom telling them how to work out. And so when I, every one of them, because I was working at a gym, I had that ability to get them a personal trainer for a short period of time. And it really did help them. It's something I've noticed because for my husband, for example, you know, he didn't grow up going to a gym and he doesn't have good vibes when he goes into a gym. The gyms when he was growing up were like the big quote meathead gyms and people weren't that friendly, I think. And nowadays I can just say every gym that I've been a part of really becomes a second family and uh, everybody really does want to help you. So if you ever have questions when you're going into a gym man, don't be afraid to ask. People are always willing to help and are happy that you're there and want to see you succeed. So let's get that out of the way. But I was really happy that she said that she is at her uh, school and they have this huge rec center. And I know exactly what she's talking about with the main floor, with all the gym dudes doing all their weights, and she gets right in there in the mix. And I love it because We've talked, my daughter and I have talked before about how when you go to the women's section, what's more annoying than the tiny little weights that are all pink and, you know, cute, like we have to make it cute and little for women because women are supposed to be little and cute. And it's like, no, when I go to weight train, which when I go to weight train, I want to use, I want to lift heavy weights for me and I want to use just the normal weights. Now, when I'm teaching a bar class or something, that's different. Obviously, I'm using much smaller weights there, but I just want women to not be intimidated by going into the gym, take up some space, lift some heavy weights, because truly that is what changes your body composition. I remember thinking that I was going to get bulky if I was going to lift heavy, and that is just now not how our female hormones allow us, uh, our bodies to become. So I just want you to be really understanding of the fact that lifting heavy doesn't mean bulky at all. So I'm so thrilled that my daughter doesn't believe that either. And I liked how she said that, you know, just putting good food out on the table picking good restaurants, things like that, just always having that healthier food available, it's just your lifestyle, has made her, it just be the norm for her. So don't give up on your kids when they're young. Just, you know, don't. I mean, obviously I still 
fed my kids the mac and cheese and the chicken nuggets. So don't think I was perfect because I was not. In fact, I was the opposite of perfect, especially when the boys were a lot younger. I got into the nutrition space late. I was late to the party on the, when my boys especially were younger. And I'm telling you, I look back and I just cringe because I know, especially for one of my sons, that that hurt him. He needed to be, we did a lot of testing with him. He had a lot of upper respiratory uh, infections his whole life. He had surgeries. Oh my gosh. He had sinus surgery and he had his tonsils removed while he was in college. And that still didn't really change his life. It wasn't until he went to a functional medicine practitioner who said, let's do blood work and check his vitamin levels and let's see if he has any food sensitivities. Those were the two game changers right there. Got him on a really good vitamin protocol, supplements, and um, started really working more on his sleep and started, he did a full elimination diet and then slowly over the years has worked some of those foods back into his life once he healed his gut microbiome. So that's a whole other topic for another day, but I just really wish I had learned about the faster way much earlier because it really did change our family's life for the better. So, okay. Couple of things though, I did want to talk about with you that with concerning your, if you have a high school daughter, maybe you have a junior high daughter, or maybe you have a granddaughter that, you know, you're kind of concerned about her physical condition. And yeah, we all want our daughters and our granddaughters to feel comfortable in their own skin. And we want to encourage them to make healthy food choices. But that is a really delicate task for us, isn't it? Because as we want to promote a positive body image and a healthy relationship with food, so it's not like, you know what I mean. It's just a difficult conversation. So here are my suggestions on how to approach this topic in a supportive and non-judgmental manner. One would be lead by example, okay? Lead by example, Show your daughter, show your granddaughter that you prioritize your own health by making nutritious food choices and maintaining an active lifestyle. So if you are just going through the drive through and you are just on the couch every night or on the weekends, you know, that's not helping her to see what she should be doing. So we got to lead by example. Children often mimic parents' behavior. And so being a positive role model honestly has a significant impact. Number two is going to be just emphasizing overall well-being, okay? So instead of focusing solely on weight or appearance, instead emphasize the importance of overall health and well-being. Talk about how healthy food choices, they provide energy, like when it comes to breakfast foods, you know, talk to them about how this breakfast food is providing energy, how it improves mood, how it helps support concentration while you're at school, and it strengthens the immune system. That was a big one with my son that when he was going through those struggles that he really um, understood that how important these food choices were with his immune system. Another one's going to be just educate about nutrition. Teach your daughter or your granddaughter just about all the different benefits of, um, or the benefits of different food groups and nutrients. So one thing to not do is you don't want to label food, good food. This is a good food choice. That's a bad food choice. Don't do that. But instead, just encourage her to make informed choices by discussing how just certain foods contribute to overall health and performance. So if you have a daughter that, you know, you could just be mentioning this at the dinner table together, you and your husband could have a discussion or you could just say, oh, I love these carrots because X, Y, Z, they have this, 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 you know, little things like that. These kids will start, they absorb. Okay. You're, you're having these conversations. You're talking about food and nutrition. I'm telling you, it will be absorbed in their brains. This is a great one. Involve her or your son, involve them in meal planning and preparation. 
I have to be honest. I really, they never, it wasn't like they were helping me cook the foods um, most nights, but I always liked to say, hey guys, what sounds good to eat this week? And then let them help me kind of set a loose menu. And you know what they really liked is when I would post what I was eating or what I was going to fix for dinner and put it on the refrigerator. First of all, I love doing that because then they stopped asking me that dreaded question of what's for dinner that nothing makes me want to lose my mind more than everyone asking me what we're eating for dinner. But (laughs) I don't know why, but that just grinds my gears. Oh my gosh. However, in having them help out or even your spouse, hey, what sounds good to eat this week and kind of think about it and then write out a loose plan for the week um, is really, really good. But if they are involved in the meal planning or even if, you know, a little bit of preparation, that gives them a sense of ownership and autonomy over her food choices. Okay. Exploring new recipes. You could be like, hey, let's get on Pinterest and find like one recipe this week that would be kind of fun to make. Things like that could be pretty cool. Um, I would also talk a little bit about this with good and bad food, but avoiding negative language. So avoid making negative comments about your daughter's or other people's bodies. Now, I probably failed. I know I didn't make negative comments about my daughter's body or my son's, but about other people's bodies, I don't know if I did such a good job there. And I regret that because everybody's going through their own journey. You don't know everyone's background, the story that's going on. And I do feel bad about that. And I do think that inadvertently that was making them have a negative association with being overweight or whatever I deemed unhealthy. So you know, I would focus on the positive aspects of making healthy choices, such as, like we said earlier, feeling energized and nourished. Number six, encourage intuitive eating. Man, what a great one. This is one I, maybe I did some without even realizing it, but basically promoting intuitive eating principles. So this just involves listening to your own body cues and eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full. And duh, shouldn't we all do that? But we don't, we don't. (laughs) You know, I, for one, I eat way too fast. And so then I tend to overconsume, even though I'm eating good, healthy foods, I eat too much of it a lot of times because I need to slow down and allow my body to tell me that it's full. But I eat so fast, it, you know, I don't even realize I'm full until it's too late. But yeah, so help your daughter to or granddaughter develop a healthy relationship with food by emphasizing balance and moderation. You know, I felt really good. One time Ava told me, because we were talking about this, and, and I said, I hope I never made you feel like you couldn't eat something. And she said, no, I remember one time I was going to go back for seconds and I felt bad about it. And she said that I was like, Ava, if you're hungry still... Like if your body's telling you that you're still hungry, then it's okay. Absolutely. Go get more. You know, you need to honor your body's signals that it's sending you. You were, and then she said, I followed it up with saying, you had practice today. You played nine holes of golf. You had cheer practice. You did this. She said, of course you're hungry. And Ava said, oh, wow. Like that made a connection in my brain that was really positive and made me feel good. So, you know, if you have kids, especially We can't forget about our daughters and granddaughters that are the type A, very busy. I know a lot of you have, you know who I'm talking about. You you have daughters that are just perfectionists and are doing everything. They're involved in everything. They're so, so active. They need to be fueled to do all of that. And eating the right foods and enough of it is going to help them so much and have more mental clarity, but we need them to feel like that's okay and that they're not overeating. I mean, gosh, haven't you ever been in a group of women before? And I mean, I just feel like the jolly green giant because I'm eating twice as much food as them. And I, you know, I still have to remind myself like, well, I was 
I freaking played two hours of pickleball. Then I did my, you know, faster way strength training workout. I walked the dog. Like, of course I'm going to eat. And I know this because I'm a nutrition coach. I, I know what my macros need to be. And I know that works for me. But I remember a time of going out to dinner and being like, well, I guess I just, I'm just going to get a little salad or don't want to eat too much and look like this, you know, Shrek or something that I'm eating everything in sight. But it's something I think girls deal with that they don't want to be, I don't know, they don't want to think that they're overeating, I guess. So I do think encouraging intuitive eating is so, so important. Number seven is just fostering a positive body image. Encouraging your children to appreciate their bodies for what it can do rather than focusing solely on appearances. So if you have a child or grandchild that is in the band, for example, um, you know, really focusing on their talents and how what their body allows them to do, the stamina to be in a marching band, I f- cannot imagine. You know, the stamina to do be on the dance team, the stamina to be a softball player. All those things require nutrient-rich foods, and I think that that's the focus that we need to um, that we need to foster, right? So celebrate her achievements, the skills, and the qualities that are beyond physical appearances. Another one is just really focusing, number eight, focusing on activities and interests. Encouraging your children, your daughters to engage in physical activities that she does enjoy. Now, I can see both sides of this one because, you know, my parents forced all five of us kids growing up, I'm the youngest of five, we all had to play a sport. That was a rule that was we had to play a sport in high school. That was a non-negotiable. Did it mean that everyone in my family was wanting to do that at the time? I was, I did dance and then I did uh, cheerleading. And so I loved doing those. I'm a I'm a performer. I think it's just because I was the youngest of five. I'm like, look at me. Um, I loved performing in front of a crowd. I love dance. I love movement. I love all of that stuff. And I still do, obviously, because I'm a group fitness instructor. So (laughs) it stuck with me. So that was a non-issue for me. But I know one of my siblings did not want to do this one particular sport. And Oh my gosh, they and my dad went round and round over it. My dad, he won because my dad was the, uh, what my dad said went. And so I don't know that that is the right attitude to have about it, but encouraging something that they truly enjoy, I do think is very important. And I think so often as parents, we do need to be more involved in getting them to find what is the activity when they're in grade school to junior high, finding some pursuits that they really enjoy. What are those? And it doesn't have to be a sport, but any type of physical activity, I think it's just such a great thing for your kids to get outside. Oh gosh, if you could encourage them to be outside, we've got to get these kids outside. So I do think it's really important to focus on activities and interests, getting them to move more and just develop that positive association with exercise rather than just seeing it solely as a means to control weight. I think that's when it becomes an issue. We want this to be an expression of joy, the movement that we're doing, not a punishment. That's something I used to tell my group fitness classes years ago. I was like, you know, exercise is a celebration. It's not a punishment. So let's celebrate what our bodies can do today. We're not trying to punish ourselves for what we ate last night. That's not how that works. Anyway, side note. (laughs) One thing I can say what when I was growing up, my mom did such a good job of not talking about weight or she's dieting or doing any kind of cr- my mom never did crazy diets. I don't ever remember my mom. I've heard friends talk about their moms did the grapefruit diet or the cabbage soup diet or the this or that, you know, where their moms were drinking slim fast. And my mom never did that stuff ever. She was really, she was on the whole foods game before it was a thing. You know, she grew up with a family that had a garden and she ate foods that came from the ground and foods that had a mother. That was her jam. And she wasn't a picky eater. 
So she really did encourage that. Now, that being said, I did grow up in the 70s and 80s where processed foods were at an all-time high. And we certainly did have our share of that. So I'm not, she wasn't perfect, but body image wise, I definitely grew up with a, a really strong, confident mom. And here's another thing that she did that Ava brought up that I never thought about. But you know, Ava was mentioning towards the end of our interview, if I asked if, if she had any advice for mothers about their daughters, and she said, yeah, like, don't try to force your style and what you think they should be wearing onto your daughters. And that really struck me as I wasn't expecting her to say that. And I thought, gosh, that's something that my mom did so well. I, <laughs> I wore every horrific trend through the 80s and a little bit into the 90s that you possibly could. And bless my mom's heart, she was fine with all of it. Now, Looking back, I'm like, maybe it would have been nice for my mom to say, hey, Jill, that is hideous. But knowing me and how strong-willed I was, it would have just sparked major arguments between us. So looking back, I do think to myself, you know, it was pretty cool of my mom to allow me to express myself. And even though the trends were awful, like really bad, I had some really bad taste, really bad haircuts, really bad outfits. She always made me feel like I looked beautiful. And that is a gift to grow up with somebody that's like that. And now, that being said, I could not wear anything revealing. That was absolutely, that would have, no, that would never have happened. But just all the silly styles that were out, she was like, yeah, you know, go for it. And she allowed me to express myself that way. So that's pretty cool. And I thought it was cool that Ava has recognized that. So my daughter is an apparel merchandising major and she works at a boutique. And so she sees a lot of mother-daughters uh, combinations come into the boutique that she, uh, where she works. So I think that's why she said that is because she sees it almost on a daily basis when moms are a little too overbearing about what their daughters look like. But I have always told Ava this. I said, you know, honey... You don't have to hop on every trend that comes around. Not every trend is meant for everyone's body type. So for instance, for me, I bought a pair of jeans that are the huge, you know, the big, big mom jeans that are back in style now. They're these huge, huge jeans. I don't even know how else to describe them or what the right style, but I think you know what I mean. I bought them. i overpaid for them. They look, because I was trying to be on trend. I look ridiculous in them. I've wore them once. It was such a waste of money. And I thought to myself, here I am at 49 trying to look cool. And I don't, I look ridiculous. And I should have taken my own advice there. I don't have to hop on every trend. I like a skinny jean. A skinny jean looks better on me than these big, huge... <laughs> whatever they are, mom jeans. So yeah, same thing with pleats. Why are pleats coming back? But that's a whole other story. So the bottom line is while we don't want to be too big of an almond mom where we are obsessed about our own bodies and what we look like and just going off of looks and aesthetics alone, but yet we do want to be healthy and we want our children to be healthy. I think it's important in closing that you are able to promote a healthy lifestyle in your family with just without focusing solely on the physical appearance. I think it is important for parents to understand that they play a huge role in their own children's health, that it does take you leading by example. It does take you having a positive relationship with food. And if that is something that you don't have, then look inside yourself and try to find out how can you work on that as well. I think that is something that a lot of families need to do. It kind of starts at the top, right? As parents working together to figure out what your relationship with food is, and then that's going to trickle down into your family's existence, okay, and your family's lifestyle. You know, there's a study that was published in the New England Journal of Medicine that found that if both parents 
are obese, the likelihood of their child becoming obese is about 80%. Now, if only one parent is obese, that likelihood drops to 40%. But that just shows you how powerful our habits are in regards to our children and, and the habits that they're going to pick up, right? So not to put even more pressure because I get it. That's a lot. It's a lot to think about. And you might be saying, but you know what? That's just, that's the cycle of our families. My grandparents were that way. My parents were that way. No, 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 no. You can break the cycle. Like I said with Ava, you know, yeah, genetics could load the gun, but you pull the trigger. You pull the trigger. So as a parent, if you're worried about your children's relationship with food, look within yourself, ask yourself some honest questions, and then just start changing the behaviors little by little within the family. That's what I did. That's what I did. I mean, we were not the healthiest family uh, before 2018. We got by eating a lot of processed foods, but it was literally just getting by. Two of my kids were not living their best life until we changed You know, we had to, I had to do a lot of education myself and we changed our eating habits and gosh, I'm so glad that we did wish we'd have done it earlier. Anyway, well, I hope that you enjoyed my talk with my daughter as much as I did. And, um, I look forward to, uh, next week's podcast with you next week. We'll get into some pickleball. How about that? Looking for tasty and easy recipes that will satisfy your cravings and fit into your busy schedule? I want to introduce you to my weeknight recipe collection. This is the ultimate solution for midlife women who want to enjoy delicious meals without the hassle. With my carefully curated selection of recipes, you're going to discover a world of flavors that your taste buds will love. No more spending hours in the kitchen or settling for boring meals. My delicious and easy recipe collection features simple step-by-step instructions, really nice pictures, and even a novice cook can follow these recipes with confidence. You're going to be amazed at how effortlessly you can create restaurant-quality dishes right in your own home. So whether you're cooking for yourself or your loved ones, my recipes will impress everyone at the dinner table. Say goodbye to tasteless diet food and hello to exciting and flavorful meals that will keep you coming back for more. You can head to my show notes to grab the link for my weeknight recipe guide.